Hello, I'm Pudgy, and this is Nobody Dies Here. During this series, I'm bringing you stories from people who use the injecting room. This interview is with Rachel. She's a Richmond local and a familiar face to those of us in the MSER community. Rachel sat down with producer Michelle Ransom Hughes in 2022. Before they begin, a quick health note. There is some talk about mixing substances here. We want you to know it's not recommended that you add anything to your shot. If you do, make sure you get advice on the safest way to do it so you can stay as healthy as possible. Now to the interview. Okay, my name's Rachel and I've been a client here for the last, since it opened really, so the last few years. For a while there, I was coming just about every day. Now, because my veins are a lot better, I might come a few times a week. Because you're using elsewhere? I'm at home. Oh, look, I come just to get out of the house too sometimes and, and just to catch up or bump into a few people. And um, it's a good atmosphere. I'm just local, so it's good just to come just say hello and check in. Because they actually worry about me when they don't see me. <laughs> yeah, which is sweet, yeah. So what sort of a greeting do you get when you walk in? Uh, everyone says hi. They all know my name there. Um, sometimes they ask me where the bird is. I've got a pet bird. And yeah, they know and say hello to Ringo. What kind of bird is Ringo? Uh, Alexandrian parrot, so she's the loudest can talk a couple of hundred words. Everybody knows each other, you know, um, but, and everyone's like, there's no zero tolerance to any trap that might go on around here. Zero tolerance and the security are great too. So when you say crap? Oh, just any violence or any people having a fight or if there might be a fight coming on um, or any like, um, bad-mouthing to the staff, but nobody really does that. Um, everybody's kind of, like, really nice to everybody around here. I've heard there's a, a, a bit of a occasional biffo. <laughs> oh, yeah, there always is in, in this world, always will be, I think. <laughs> yeah, but they do a great job. I remember one Saturday I come in and they actually saved ten people. On, that's just on one given day, on a Saturday. It was just a really bad day for him. But every one of those persons were saved. What's it like when you're in the room when someone drops? We keep out of the people's way, obviously, and the staff's way, but they still try to keep the line moving. But everybody knows not to get in the way or to ask for any assistance while someone's overdosing. We all just have to wait, and that's fine, you know, but the staff are normally, like, right onto it. People, when they overdose, they don't do it. It's not for long. They bring them back straight away. They're back in, like, 30 seconds or something. Yeah, so it seems like it's almost a kind of expected thing that happens. With some people, with some people, there's some people that come in and every time they come, they overdose. Yeah, every time. Like, I hate being behind them in line because... <laughs> because I always know there's going to be a wait, you know? 
Um, just these two in particular, they come, to, they come to overdose. It's weird. You don't actually think they might be getting a kick out of it? I think they might be. I'd call them Tweedledee and Tweedledum, yeah. They, every time, like, they, I think they actually might be getting a kick, kick out of it, to be honest with you. It's a pretty dangerous because, game. Well, you live a life on the edge. Like, that's beyond, like, I just don't know how they do it. <laughs> you live a life beyond the edge. Well, I guess because it's here. Yeah. It's not they really know. that edgy, is it? Well, they know that there's people here to help them, but still, I think that's slightly a little bit selfish. Uh, yeah, they they suck up a lot of time. Yeah. And, and nobody says anything, of course, you know, because it's rude, but everybody hates, like, being behind them in line. <laughs> people are odd. Yeah. Yes, yes. Everyone is odd in their own way. Oh, that's a good thing, though. Yeah, I yeah. know. God, imagine how boring life would be. If dull, normal. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to have a drink have yeah, it before it gets right? cold? Yeah. yeah, totally. Is that all right? What? The sound? What I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. Sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. give it, the idea is to get the feeling of what it's like inside for you and you're just being really natural and yeah. yep. it's great. Yep. 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 I come to use the services. Um, for instance, um, when I come here, I might need to use the vein finder. Um, without that vein finder, I would have troubles, you know, getting myself. Pretty handy tool. Yeah, the vein finder, what it is, it's like a little miniature sort of x-ray machine. Remember the old mobile phones, the bricks? Like, it's about that big. And what it does is it scans your arms or your legs or wherever, wherever it is you need to go um, and it shows the veins. Given that you've been coming to the service for such a long time, why is it that you still need help or is it that your veins are really low? or? Um, it's because I've been using for quite some time now and my veins are giving way a little bit. I'm, I've reached the end of the rope like because I, I have to go on my legs sometimes because I can't get myself in the arm. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Um, I feel like the universe is telling me it's time to stop, maybe. Um, but I'm, it's, and you don't get quite a good of a um, hit because in your legs there's a lot more meat there, so you don't get the feeling as good as you would if you were going in your arms, say. You still feel it though, it's still, you still very much feel it. I really have never thought very much about veins until this week. Yeah. And I don't understand how they can like collapse and then apparently they can... Come back, yeah, yeah they they come back. There's a cream you can buy that, um, it's called heroid cream or something, um, you can use and it restores your veins. It's magic, actually, because I use it, and the next day, my veins uh, are better. It's expensive, though. It's very expensive, yeah. Like everything in this business. Yes, true. (laughs) (laughs) 
Do you ever think about how your veins are working? Um, sometimes, yeah. Um, it wasn't until recently that I actually found out how they so, sort of started working. Um, I realised, because um, I used to actually use the unison as well as the heroin, I used to use it. Um, and the unis just stuffed my veins, totally stuffed my veins. Um, and I didn't realise that, like, after a little while you can get a clot and then um, the veins actually grow around the clot like little spider veins. Really? Yeah, but, like, I stopped using the unis now because they were doing too much damage. Why, why do people use the unis? It's a financial thing, definitely, because um, unisons are, are reasonably cheap to buy um, over the counter or off the street. Um, so if you just spend a little bit extra, a few extra dollars, you can enhance that shot and buy, buy three to five times extra. So it's definitely a financial thing at the end of the day for a lot of people. But the health... The health, yeah, um, especially women, because our veins aren't as good as men's veins. Men's veins seem to pop out. Ours are quite more deep set. I know all the girls who have used them, their veins have just gone on them, you know, like I've stopped using them. It was only a temporary thing with me anyway um, because it actually helped me cut down and it actually helped me quit there for a while, the unis. So, but um, my veins were telling me it's it's time to give them a rest anyway. So you sometimes inject in your leg, not yeah. the groin? No, never do the groin. I'm too scared to go there. Or my neck, I'm too scared to go there too. Yeah. Are you scared of overdose or something no, else? No, because I don't. I, I don't overdose. I ha- I have I have done, um, but that was quite a few years ago now, and that's because I was at the start. Are you okay to talk about it? Yeah. Um, this is when I first started using heroin. Um, I was at my house uh, with a couple of friends. Um, I just had a little bit too much, but it wasn't really a lot. It was just because I was starting. So I had a little bit too much for me at the time. And um, I stood up and I went to the bathroom and I collapsed. And I woke up and there was a big needle next to me. And I just said, what, what's that? But it was the Narcane, it was the shot. But I didn't realise that I overdosed. Do you, yep. And do you think about that sometimes? Or? Um, have little felt flashbacks every now and again. Uh, not too often, no. Um, because I didn't overdose because I was being silly. Like, I didn't, it's just, I was starting, so I didn't know my limits. Um, That's the only reason why I overdosed, and I haven't since then. So generally, and sort of um, outside the MSIR, are you open about the fact that you inject drugs? Yes, yes I am. I always have been, yep. And how does that go down with sort of general population? Uh, they don't like it, like, but at the same time they know I'm a big girl and they don't judge me. So, but I've always been honest about my drug use. I, I find it's easy to be honest than it is not to be honest because you don't get the help that you need if you're dishonest. You're only hiding from yourself um, if, if you're going to lie about it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really great way to be because you're going to be less anxious and as yep. you say you can get the help that you need oh absolutely yep oh, I've, I've been very down on myself however like because I'm a user 
you know, but um, I'm not beating myself up about it all. But I have plans on quitting for good. And is is that something that um, you're getting help with through here? Uh, yes. I um, recently just started the Suboxone. Um, it's a Suboxone shot. doesn't stop the cravings. Nothing stops that. But it stops the sickness that, that stops the hanging out. You're probably not aware, but like heroin becomes a body thing. It's, it comes at a stage where you don't want it, you need it. Whereas ice, you don't get the physical addiction. You can, but with the heroin, it's really bad with the physical addiction. It's extremely bad and extremely hard to get off. So it, it, it sort of like dulls down or removes that body sickness, the, the dope sickness, so that then you just have to manage the head stuff. Is that right? Yeah, it doesn't stop the cravings. It's no wonder drug, but it stops the hanging out, which is it stops the physical pain. Um, for instance, it'll stop you from being sick. You can get real bad stomach pains, um, stop you being um, nauseated, stop the headaches and stop the irritability. To Nothing can stop that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what Suboxone does is um, the opioid receptors doesn't grab the heroin, so you don't get the high. It's a blocker. So even if I was to do heroin, say, and I'm on Suboxone, I, I, I don't feel it. So you have to be really committed to wanting to stop to take that. Absolutely, absolutely. Suboxone's the, the one to go with. Methadone, no, you, you can still use on methadone. Look, you can still use on Suboxone, but it's a waste. You don't feel it. And secondly, you can also go into instant withdrawals. Vomiting, um, sick in the stomach. Um, you can't move much. You, you can't even shower. You know, it gets that bad. Have you been that sick a lot of times? Yes, uh, a, a handful of times. Handful. I wouldn't say quite a lot, but a handful of times, I've been I've been like that. Yeah. Because you were trying to stop, or you just couldn't get stuff. Um, both. Yeah, trying to stop, or yeah, I couldn't <laughs> financially afford it. Yeah, but more because I was trying to stop. So how's it going, the Suboxone? Um, good. I've just recently started it and it's a shot in the stomach um, and it lasts for a week and then I have to go get another shot. Um, but like I said, it's no wonder drug, but it's, it's not too far from it. So you're telling me that you can't use heroin when you're on it? I can, but there's, it's a waste. I can't really feel it and also I can go into instant withdrawals. So why have you done it today? Um, just honestly, the ritual. Yeah. The ritual of it, yeah. And I done more water. I done, because it's the ritual of it, of it all. Tell me about that. The ritual, I think, I believe is half the addiction. Um, it's like a cigarette smoker. Half the addiction is the action from the lighting up the cigarette to your mouth. That's half the addiction. So it's like a little ritual. So when you go in there, it's like a little ritual. Can you talk me through? Is that too much to ask? Yeah, that's fine. What, how we do it is um, I get the spoon um, and I put the heroin in the spoon 
um, draw out how much water I want, which is about 30 to 40 mil, um, put it in the heroin, mix it up, and then suck it up, and then it's done. And, like, just that ritual psychologically does something that I'm not aware of, but it it helps me. And I only put the littlest bit of um, heroin in, not that I felt it, and mostly water. And it's made me feel a bit better. Yeah, the ritual, doing the ritual itself, it actually helps me. Well, I mean, after so long, you would definitely associate that with feeling better, right? Absolutely, because I've been using for so long. I mean, if the plan is to to stop using, how are you going to replace that? (sighs) By doing, like, my music. I'm learning the guitar, so um, I'm just going to, like, absorb myself in learning new chords and learning the guitar. They do say that you've got to replace one habit with another habit. Yeah, you do. You do, absolutely. And doing something that's with your hands is probably great. Yeah, I actually um, started knitting too <laughs> to do something with my hands. Um, so that that just watching um, some movies because I'm a bit fragile still, um, very fragile still, a bit sensitive and fragile, um, but I've, I'm adjusting, I'm adjusting good. And I have to quit heroin because um, it's black and white for me. There's no grey. I can't just do heroin sometimes. It's either all or nothing. So I've been very black and white and I I can't be grey. I can't hold a job and do drugs. I'm just like my hat goes off to people who, who are able to do that. But unfortunately, I can't. Yeah. I'm 43, so it's too late in the game for me to sort of be grey, you know. So what sort of um, work would you like to be doing? But I'm thinking about joining up with Uber Eats or something, you know, because I just um, brought a little scooter. So, yeah, I'm going to just do that. Frankly, I reckon that's more dangerous. Driving around, yeah, probably. (laughs) My bird Ringo, she likes coming on cruises with me. I take her on the scooter for a bit of a spin and um, my cat unfortunately doesn't like it outside. I tried, but no, nah, she doesn't want a bar of it. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, about the, the space or things uh, that could be different? Things that could be different? Um, not really, just that there was um, something, a privacy screen has been added that's the only thing that I thought that could um, be improved just because when we need to do what we need to do, sometimes we have to pull down our pants to get to our leg. So there's a privacy screen now um, where it's covered up because there's gowns that we can wear, um, but now they've got the privacy screen and not only the gown. So there's complete and utter privacy still, even though you're in a room full of people. And do you still feel like you're being observed, you know, so that safety element's still there? Absolutely, because there's enough staff on in the, in the zone two to, to make sure um, everybody's, you know, kept an eye on 
um, because it can happen quickly if someone overdoses. So the staff have to be, have to absolutely be very, very vigilant. Have, do you carry Narcan? No, I don't. No, I don't. Um, I don't feel like I need to. Um, I was meaning more in case you come across someone who might need yeah, help. Yeah, no, I don't carry naloxone with me. Um, honestly, the reason why I kind of don't is not just because I don't need it because I don't want to be caught with it, like in case I get searched by the police or something. Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, because I don't want to be hassled by the police, you know, and it's not illegal, but it can still make them go... And search a little further. Not that I've got anything to worry about. Yeah. But um, I don't want to be pulled over and have that in my bag, really. Oh, that sucks. As, as From a safety point of view. Yeah. But also, do you feel like you get, like, targeted uh, generally? Sometimes. Sometimes. Because they, they know me. Um, <laughs> not because I've done jail or anything. They just know me from the area. And I have been in a little bit of trouble, nothing major. Um, but every time they see me, they make sure that um, I know they haven't forgotten my name. Always, hello, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they never let me forget that they haven't forgotten about me. What's that like, though? Um, look, it's okay. They're, they're, they've been okay to me, but it's still un, an uneasy sort of feeling. Um, yeah, I, I think everyone would feel the same if um, the police get that uneasy feeling. I feel slightly harassed. Um, every time I went down the street, they would search me, just about, yeah. Every time? Yeah, because I got caught with some heroin one day. Um, and ever since that day, when they've seen me, they... Search me. I thought they weren't supposed to be doing that. Nah, they still do. Wait, did you have a lot? No, just a little Why bit. Why do they do it? Just because they have to. There's something like 300 metres is coming into my oh, head from here. They're not allowed to do anything, I think it is. But outside that perimeter, they can search us and it's still possession if we're caught with it. Yeah, and you have been like charged or anything? Oh, I've been charged before, yeah. But you haven't had to go to jail? No, never been to jail. Oh, Just, lucky. yeah, um, one step away from it though. Oh, God. Yeah, I haven't been. If I was going to go, I would have been already. I'm behaving because yeah. these days I'm a lot more, I'm behaving a lot more than what I did in the past. So, what do you put that down to? Growing up. Yeah, growing up. Yeah. Sounds like you're on a really good track for yourself. Yeah, I've only got myself, so I'm trying, you know. I'm trying. I could try a little harder maybe, but I'm trying. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah I've got no family either, so that makes it hard. Where's your family? Uh, I don't know where my mum is. Uh, my dad lives overseas, so does my brother. Um, and my sister is somewhere in Bendigo. That's all I know. And other relations, I haven't got, never sort of grew up with them. So I've got no family here. So that makes it extra hard. For the first 17 years, I had family. And then just a big family fallout. And I didn't see my dad for 14 years. And I saw him for the first time a few years ago. And it just wasn't very nice. Um, 
And these guys have helped me more than what my family has. They're, they're beautiful people there. They, they, they really are. I feel like I can approach some of the staff and talk to them about personal things and ask for advice. Um, and they've given me excellent advice. Like I said, they've been better to me than my own family. My, pet, my pets are my family. You know, like my cat and my bird are my family. Um, but yeah, the community here is like being really good to me. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's okay, not a, my pleasure. Hello again, Pudja here. You've been listening to an edited interview between Rachel and Michelle Ransom Hughes. Thanks so much to Rachel for sharing her story. Remember, if you're injecting drugs, take good care of yourself. Be especially careful about mixing substances. Find out how to minimize the harm that that shot can do to your veins. If you're injecting drugs, always use a fresh new needle. If you can't use an EMSA, try not to be alone or at least let somebody know. And it's a good idea to halve your shot if you're in doubt. Remember, two holes in the arm is better than one hole in the ground. Nobody Dies Here is an alongside radio production. Thanks to all the clients and staff of the EMSA for supporting this independent project. Music credits and other acknowledgements are in the show notes. You can follow or subscribe to the podcast to hear the whole series for free. Give us a five-star review if you like the show. There are plenty more episodes to come. Thanks for listening to Nobody Dies Here. Thanks, Pudgy, for hosting. This episode was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people and it was produced on Turrbal Yuggera country. First Nations sovereignty has never been ceded. Like Leanne, one of the staff members, she's teaching me how to knit at the moment. Yeah, because I just took up knitting. She's teaching me how to knit. <laughs> you better hope she's on when you go to Zone 3. Yeah, she better be. <laughs> what are you going to knit? Because I'm a beginner, just a scarf. I think that's what everybody knits when they first start knitting, a scarf, yeah? Multicoloured scarf.